Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is extremely frustrating. Um, you know, I prefer not to be asking those questions or being asked those questions, and I would really like to give you an answer that uh, that made sense, but we've been struggling to find those answers. Um, the last two days in practice, I thought we were crisp. We skated well. The, com- the competitiveness was there, the attention to detail. Uh, we got more done in practice than we did in the game, and the game's supposed to be the reward. So um, I don't have the answers for that. Hockey League is about one-third of the way through its schedule this season, and the Edmonton Oilers still find themselves mired near the bottom of the standings. This is not the lot in life most predicted for this team, coming off their playoff performance in the spring. The Oilers were heralded as favorites to make the Stanley Cup final out of the West. Connor McDavid was awarded the Hart Trophy as the league's MVP to go with his Art Ross Award as the league's top scorer. He and Leon Dreisaitl were given big, lengthy contract extensions by the Oilers, of which Dreisaitl's $8.5 million per year deal kicked in this season. General Manager Peter Shirelli stuck mostly with the successful roster from the end of last campaign. And after 28 games played, we find the Oilers 14th in the 15-team Western Conference, five points ahead of cellar-dwelling Arizona, 29th place overall, and six points out of a wildcard playoff position with five teams between the Oilers and that spot. No one has answers as to why. The team, the staff, and everybody else, including Jim Matheson, the Hockey Hall of Fame writer for the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun, who I talked to for this week's Oil Spills podcast, recorded on Thursday, December 7th, 2017 the day after the mostly listless Oilers dropped a 4-2 decision at home to the Philadelphia Flyers, they have a recent 10-game losing streak. I'll start our podcast off by uh, with the headline uh, that we used in the story this morning, Oilers at a loss for answers. And uh, well, I think we've been talking about the same thing here for, well, here we are a third of the way through the season. We've been talking about this since the beginning of the season. Why aren't the Oilers playing up to the level that they showed last year with essentially the same team minus two or three players? 
I don't know if we can honestly sit here and dice everything we've been talking about, Maddie. I don't know. There's too many boxes here. I mean, last year they overachieved. I think that's pretty obvious now. They played a third of the way through the season. They overachieved last year. Players had years that they hadn't had before in terms of goals and such. Pat Maroon would be, Patrick Maroon would be a primary example. Uh, 27 goals last year. Uh, Cam Talbot, 73 games, certainly in the top five goalies in the league last year. And he hasn't played as well this year before he got hurt. Uh, Mark Letestu scored a million power play goals. Uh, and I think they forgot how hard they had to work. I mean, I think it's, I mean, I think we should stop saying, well, they lost a few players. Okay. Uh, suddenly losing Benoit Pouliot on the penalty kill, what is he, Bob Gainey? He's not Bob Gainey. I mean, they lost Benoit Pouliot. So what? And and Jordan, Jordan Eberle. Now, he's 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 playing quite well for the New York Islanders now, and Ryan Strom certainly isn't playing as well as Jordan Eberle. But we forget that Jordan Eberle got five goals in his last two games in the regular season last year to finish with 20. If he doesn't get those, he's a 15-goal scorer. And then he didn't score in the playoffs. So I think it's a bit of a cop-out. The problem for me is you've got some players saying, as Mark Letestu says, okay, there's no more dog days. We're running. We've run out of lives here. Okay. And then you've got the captain Connor McDavid saying, "Well, we got lots of time left." And if I had the answers to the questions, we wouldn't be in this position. So, that to me is a bit of a disconnect. You've got some players saying there's lots of time. There's still time left. And then you got Mark Letestu saying there's no time left. You got to play with more desperation. So, there is no time left. That's, I mean, we're sports writers not hockey players, but I suspect they look at the standings every day and realize that there's five teams in front of them just to get to the wild card position and that they've got 24 points and a team like Anaheim who's played the whole year basically without Getzlaff and and, uh, Ryan Kessler and had some injuries on defense. Uh, You know, Patrick Eves hasn't played this year either and he's a top six forward. Um, And they're still grinding out wins somehow they're a 500 team they're grinding out wins somehow so and vegas well we've beat a dead horse there with vegas but vegas has got i think nine more points than the edmonton Oilers. so it's it's somewhat embarrassing where the orders are in the standings now and they've played a third of the way i mean it's not like they're this isn't the end of october now this is we're into december but if we you know we have on one hand mark letestu the veteran saying, we're out of time. We need to do things right now. And then you have the captain, the star of the team, if not the league, Connor McDavid, reigning Art Ross and Hart Trophy guy saying, oh, we've got time. And, of course, who doesn't, who, what Oilers fan doesn't hope that all of a sudden Superman McDavid shows up with his cape on and leads the Oilers on some incredible run? But he's only 20. He's, he's been in, this is his third year in the league. No idea he's been playing competitive hockey for a long time. But yeah. I, I think it, it's a natural, it's an inclination and a natural assumption with, with hockey players to say there's time left. You don't want to say we've run out of time, you know, because theory, there is time left. You know, you play 28 games, which means there's 54 games to go. But then, then you have to take statistics into it a bit 
too. I mean, the Oilers would have to win 35 of those games to get 94 points, which is probably about what it's going to take to get the players. Are the Oilers going to go 35 and 19? Are they going to play 666 hockey from now until the end of the year when they're they're four games under 500 now? I don't understand why, unless something's going to change and suddenly, you know, they're going to get all the saves. You know, every player who played great last year is going to start playing well. I think the disturbing thing is the Oilers have seldom outworked the other team in the game for more than one game in a row. It's seldom done it. I can't remember the last time the Oilers outworked a team and lost the game, and at the end of the game they could say, yeah, but you know what? We worked really hard. And I guess maybe in Washington on, on a road trip earlier in, in uh in November, they lost in a, in a shootout, two to one, and they I think they outworked the Capitals and lost the game. Seldom have they outworked the opposition. Seldom at home. Now, if I was paying good money to go to the hockey games, not somebody watching on TV, not some uh, you know somebody on Twitter who's sitting in his basement in his uh, in his shorts talking about how terrible the team is. If I was paying good money to go to the games and and the team was five and nine at home. I'd be saying, what the heck is going on here? And they play their way into too many games at home. And if they were 9-5 and five at home, that's eight more eight more points. And they'd have 32 points. And you'd say, okay, at least they're winning the games at home. And if they're scrambling on the road to try to win a game here and there. But when you're 5-9 and nine at home, you're cheating your fans. And that's your building. You should be winning the games. And they're not even playing great, a whole lot of terrific teams. They're one and seven at home in their own building to Eastern teams, not the teams in their own division or to you know Nashville hasn't even come into their building yet, and that's a really good team. You know they're losing to Carolinas and you know a lot of teams that aren't that good. You know we take away. I mean the players. You know again what we've written about you know in the post uh, loss to the Flyers. Um, the players are saying all the right things. They know that you know they need to play better. That's essentially the message. They know that, um, but trying to explain it. I mean, we we I've been asking this question, and we've all been asking these questions all year. What's happening? Um, I mean, obviously, one difference is injuries. I mean, obviously, Talbot's out for a stretch here, two weeks at least. We don't have Andre Sekera. Leon Drysaddle is out for with a concussion early in the season. Injuries are not an excuse with this hockey team. No. Every team gets injuries in the league. Including and the Ducks, we, like you said. As we pointed out, that's that they're top two centers, and they have they were playing Derek Grant at center and other people at center, and Vermette, who's a fourth-line center at, uh, way up, and they still managed to scrape out a few wins. Yeah, and we'll throw that. We'll throw the injury excuse out the window because, quite frankly, even though the Oilers haven't been playing a complete 60-minute game, we have seen you know stretches where they've played good against Toronto, against Calgary. We've seen it, and that's with Brassois in that. They've had trouble playing 60-minute game, though. Yes. And being ready to start the game. The game starts at 7. The game doesn't start at 7.30. You know, or last night it did start at 7.30, but most games start at 7. <laughs> you can't just play your way through the first period and then say, okay, uh, here's how the game's going to go now. Like against Toronto, poor first period, excellent second period, excellent third period. But they dug a 3-1 hole, and they, so they ended up losing, you know, empty net, you know, by two. So they couldn't pick that up. And, you know, 
even the, they they've give up the first goal I think in eight of the last ten games. So you're chasing the game, and they didn't give up the first goal in Calgary, and and they dic- dictated the way the game should be played in the first period. And then, but for a seven minute stretch in the third period, they were full measure for the victory, but not nearly enough games. You know the one thing that Latestu had said after the game. I mean, he was the one saying we need to do it. We need to. This is this is now. We have to do this now. But he said it's up to the leadership group in the room to spur things to turn this to turn their season around. Who is the leadership group? Uh, the leadership group is the one with the the guys with the letters on their jerseys. That would be Lucic. That would be uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That would be Adam Larson, who is out right now. Uh, Mark Latestu and the captain uh, McDavid, Connor McDavid. Um, that's the leadership group. Uh, but strangely, their best defenseman, I think, for a long stretch is Darnell Nurse, who's been in the league, you know, three years. So he's not part of the leadership group, and he is playing well. So I guess what it comes down to is you can talk the talk, but you have to walk the walk eventually. You can talk about what you got to do, but you got to put it, you know, you got to take that and, and play the game. And they can do it for one game. They can't do it for two. I just guess I wonder... I mean, obviously, we know what they say when you have your microphones in front of them. But what does the leadership group, group do behind closed doors when it's the players in the room? Well, they haven't had any, uh, unless I've missed it, they haven't had any closed-door meetings after games yet where we're sitting out in the dressing room, you know, waiting to get into the dressing room for 15 minutes while the players say this is unacceptable. There hasn't been any of those yet. So that whatever whatever is being said is being said either before the game or on off, you know, before practice, you know, we got here's what we got to do. But today, in the practice, Todd McClellan had a bark at him early to get their attention, and then after that, there was a good practice. But why should he be, have to bark at them to get their attention? I, I, like I said, it's a third of the way through the season. Their attention should be pretty obvious right now, and um, it's the kind of league that there's a lot of teams in the same boat as the Oilers, not that good, but you better win those games against the teams that clearly are not better than you. You know, they haven't played Tampa, say. You know, they're clearly better than the Oilers. They haven't played Nashville. They're clearly better. They played St. Louis twice, and we saw what happened against St. Louis. They're clearly better. But there's so many teams in the middle of the pack that they're not that good, and the Oilers have, have lost to a lot of them and lost to teams that in the same boat as them you know, Buffaloes and Philadelphias and barely got the win against uh, Arizona. So what do you think is going to happen here before up to Christmas? I mean, I, I think now if they, they have I a think, very hard schedule. I think if they come back from this road trip and don't win, don't get at least two wins and a loss, I think the season's over. Season's over. I They won four games and lost. They get four to six stretch before last game, and they picked up no points. Won four, lost two, picked up no points, didn't move up uh, at all, and then we're four and two. So, like I said, they got to win five in a row. They can't just get, you know, play a good game and then say, okay, we're on our way, and then lose the next game. I don't know what the I mean. Like I said, they're already six points out of the out of the wild card with five teams ahead of them, and they've played a couple more games than some of those teams that are in the wild card so they can't you know I think if they come back and they don't win a game on this road trip I think they're done Montreal Toronto Columbus on the road 
home to Nashville, Minnesota on the road, and then they face San Jose at home, and then the St. Louis Blues at home, and the Montreal Canadiens again. And they're in Winnipeg on the 27th. Yeah, after Christmas. After there. Christmas, yeah. So, I don't know. It's, uh, like I said, they can't win more than one game. They can't play good more than one game in a row. You can't pick up any ground that way. I don't. Like I said, they're getting outworked. They, they've seldom outworked the other team. If they, you know, if they just went to the game center, at the end of the night, win or lose, we outworked this team. And it is puzzling. I mean, you know, having a good game, and like, hey, this is what they can build on. We've been saying which should have been the Toronto game, and they did. Yep. And then they they played well in in uh, Calgary from the start of the game until that stretch in the third period where Brassois was not good in goal, but then didn't play very good against Philadelphia. You know, a team that had not won back to back road games since last January. I mean, we're talking a long time ago, and. Philadelphia had three rookie defensemen playing on their team last night, and a second-year pro and Provorov. So they didn't exactly have Drew Doughty and and uh, Eric Carlson and whomever else under blue line last night. And the orders in the third period pushed, but by then it was too late. No, it's not as though they're you know in history and certainly even last season uh, teams that didn't perform to the level that they should have, like the Los Angeles Kings, um, who did not make the playoffs last year, mind you. Not using injuries as an excuse or anything, but Jonathan Quick was gone for the the vast majority of the season. Because uh, they do have Drew Doughty on their team. They do have Anze Kopitar, and etc. They have a Stanley Cup, the core of a Stanley Cup winning roster that's won it a couple times in the last few years. It does happen. I guess you know every everybody wants to know why it happens, um, but I guess that's sports too. You know, well, I mean, every team's in it to win it. You know, even the teams that aren't don't look very good, they still play the games to win them. Uh, and the league is very competitive, and there's a lot of parity in the league. The parity in the league, however, in a lot of cases, is bad team or average team parity. There's a lot of average teams. There's a lot of teams, one or two games under 500, one or two games over 500, of which, you know, 11, 12 teams in the league. So that's, you know, not a third, but close to a third of the teams in the league, very average teams. And the orders are in that less than average right now. You know, they're not even 500. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. They've went from a team last year that, that – was hungry that was very tough to beat even on games where they lost and this year the order is like eminently beatable on most nights and every now and then they shock you and play a really good game against a team like Boston in Boston that won four games in a row and just beat the Pittsburgh Penguins and they beat them they were clearly the better team and then you know you think they're on their way and they're not on their way so I don't know I mean if you're the coach I don't know what you do I would be suspect that the players, instead of treating Todd McClellan like the coach and the coaches, that it's like they're letting their dad down instead of their coach, you know, by the way they're playing. And I mean, McDavid, Connor, 
I, I think he's played a lot of good games and he's been sick, but he still shows up to play and he still gets his points. And like I said, he's got 33 points or something now. So he's been in on, on you know, not half the goals, but most of them. So he's doing his thing, but there's too many other players that are that are not uh, helping out. Well, you know, and I, I remember I asked you a while back, but of course he had the concussion. But, you know, you know, Drysaddle scored a few points this year too, but he's behind last year's pace. But Leon hasn't played. He's been bef- invisible. Even some, before some he got the concussion, Leon wasn't last year's Leon. Mm-hmm. And last year's Leon looked like last year's Leon on the shorthanded goal he scored last night where he busted into the play, got the pass from Connor, scored his first ever shorthanded goal, and then looked good. But really, you know, the whole the, – the experiment with the three centers – with Connor, then Nugent Hopkins, and Leon Dreisaitl. It spreads it around, but they've got an $8.5 million player on the third line. Does that really work? I don't know. He's not getting enough ice time as far as I can see. Ryan Strom played better at center, I thought, third line center, than he's played. he plays on the wing. So I don't know what Todd Clown's going to do for the next... Do they put, do they put uh, Leon back with with uh, Connor on the first line and then move Pugliarvi down a line, say. You know, say you play with Nugent Hopkins instead of Connor. I don't know. Um, but there's far too many question marks and not nearly enough answers, and we're a third of the way through the season. You know, we brought up the Winnipeg Jets when we were talking about the Oilers' upcoming schedule here through Christmas. Of course, they play them on the 27th or right after Christmas. 27th, yeah. Um and in some ways, I mean, because the Jets, you know, they did get a new goalie this year, but they're the number one team in the Western Conference. And, you know, last, you know, the last few seasons, had they lived up to potential? No. But in some ways, I see the Jets and the Oilers being almost opposite ends from where we would expect them to be. Maybe well, the Jets would be better than yeah, second they're, last in you're the diff- They're different. Like, they've just flipped from last year. Yeah. The Oilers... Started the season well, had a, a lull there in November, lost some games, but then just picked it up again and were a tough team, a tough out every game. And uh, it's funny, when Toronto came in here and, and beat the Oilers, it was almost like they said, oh, geez, you know, they beat the Oilers. Last year it would have been opposite. If they lost a close game to the Oilers, yeah, but the Oilers are playing well. And the Oilers lost the game to Toronto, and they said, "You know what? We played well. We lost to the Leafs, and they're better than us." So that's just—it's just changed from year to year. And Winnipeg's the same. You know, Winnipeg is playing like Winnipeg should play with their offensive players, and uh, the Oilers just can't get it going. I mean, it's like Todd McClellan says with your your car—you open the hood, and it's the carburetor, and it's the fan belt, and everything else is—you know—something different. You know, every time you pull it out of the garage. So, if you're the coach, you're you're probably wondering what the problem is. And their special teams are are have been a major problem all year. You know, their worst penalty kill in the league and a, and a power play that's in the bottom third as well. So, you know, 20 minutes out of every game is either spent on the power play or killing a penalty, and they're not getting much done. They got gifted a power play last night with shortly just less than four minutes to go in the game to get the tying goal and they had one shot and that was Connor McDavid on an individual rush not a moving the puck around and Philadelphia scored the empty netter 
I'll bring it up because it has been one of the big topics lately, and rightly so, it has been for the last week. Plus, is Laurent Boussois and his play. Uh, you know, whether or not the Oilers should go after trying to acquire a veteran goalie to fill a gap because we don't know how long Talbot's going to be out for. At the same time, uh, you know, this is Laurent Brossois' first time in this situation. You've got to give your young goalies a chance to show what they can do or show what they're not capable of doing, whatever. You're trying to figure out what you have. However, um, you know, last season, season before, seasons past, the Oilers have had the veteran backup goalie in on the team and it hasn't always worked I mean Anders Nilsson a couple of years ago came in uh, you know when Talbot was struggling and obviously he played well enough to start a few games in a row there but Jonas Gustafsson wasn't the answer uh, in relief of Talbot or you know just in case and here we are I mean I don't know what fans want to see or, or what people expect to see but I don't you know I don't I, think I, Todd I, McClellan or not uh, Shirelli Peter Shirelli the general manager you know, I don't think he's looking at making a deal. I think he's. I think going into the season, Brassois was always under the gun to show them that he could be the backup, so they don't have to go out and get a, a more experienced guy who's played games in the NHL, whether he was a starter at one time or whatever. And I think, you know, he hate to boil it down, but you know, these are the games where Brassois has to show that he can, he can be the backup when Talbot gets back and. Certainly, he gave up a goal last night that, to Dale Weiss that he shouldn't have given up through his legs. But they didn't lose the game because of Brissois. And we failed to realize that Cam Talbot's given up a few of those goals like that in the first half of the season, first third of the season too, which is why his goal average is, is 9.03, you know, .903, not to save percentage rather, not 9.20. So he's given up a few goals that he'd like back too, so... I thought he battled back last night after a poor third period in Calgary, and like I said, he didn't lose the game for the Oilers. They didn't help him out. There's no run sport whatsoever. So, and in a lot of those games he's played, you know, in Buffalo he gave up a goal to Jack Eichel that was not a good one, but the Oilers only scored one goal. They scored one goal in Washington. He played good. You know, he scored two goals last night. You know, that's three starts where they scored four goals for him in three starts. So they haven't given up. A, give him much run support so I don't think he can be faulted and and Cam Talbot skated the last couple of days not practiced but is at least skated so I don't think he's going to play in a road trip but if he's already skating and he's putting the gear on so looks like maybe he's not that far away Adam Larson did not skate today so him going on the road trip maybe he goes on a road trip but I don't know when he's going to play either so short answer you know long answer to a short question I don't see them getting another goaltender right now I guess they play back to back they play Toronto Montreal Toronto would Nick Ellis get a a game in Toronto after the Brissois plays in Montreal I don't know I you know Brissois already played Toronto once and maybe they figure well you know he's already played against them and they beat him so maybe we'll go with another goalie but um, That'll be quite the uh, assignment. Quite <laughs> for, the assignment, and uh, never having played, played one minute play in Toronto, you know, a team that scores a lot of goals. I think that's a little much. And back to back, Toronto to Montreal, it's not exactly a tough trip. You know, what is it? A, an hour? Not even what is it? Forty minutes flight? I don't know what it is, but not very far. No, so it's about that long. So and Toronto plays the night before as well. They're in Pittsburgh, so 
the Oilers played the night before in Washington, in Montreal. So two teams have played the night before. So I don't necessarily think you have to change your goalie. Well, it'll be. It's always interesting, but it'll be even more interesting to see where we're at a week from now. It's getting very difficult to write positive stuff, and it's the same stuff that we're writing now and talking about that we talked about for 10 years when they missed the playoffs. You know, they're not that bad. They just can't get over the hump. They just make mistakes. And then we got a taste last year of a team that could play well when they outworked the other team and, and stuff was going on, but now they've just fallen back again to to being irrelevant even with Connor McDavid, irrelevant, and that's that's never a good thing. They were relevant last year with Connor and lots of other stuff, and suddenly be, they became an important team in the National Hockey League. Now they're back to being irrelevant, and that's not a good thing. Wow, what a difference six months makes. So I guess it's seven months now, but it's just I, I always go back to that and shake my head and think, how can that? Ha- I mean, it happened. It has. It's happening right now. I'm sure if I go back in time, it's happened to other teams too. But you know, you know, you have to lose before you can win. They always say. So maybe they just need need this season to you know it's a kick in the in the head, and next year they'll be back to it. But you know, you only have so many. You have your players, and they're your core, and you should be. You know, you're supposed to win with them and stuff like that. And I think. You know, there's lots of fans think every move that Peter Shirelli's made is a bad move now. You know, all these moves are bad. You know, Strom forever is a bad move. Um, you know, and now he's picking up guys on waivers, and that, you know, that seems like, if not desperation, that's the only players he can pick up are guys from on waivers that couldn't play on other teams. And, you know, such so, you know. I don't know. It's it's a tough task, and you know, Peter looked at his roster and thought, "I have a good enough roster." After last year's in the playoffs, and my young guys played good. Whether that was Kajula, who has not had a very good year by Drake standards, I think he was. I think he would admit that he hasn't been as good this year. And Slepyshev's got one goal, and I think he thought he'd be a top nine forward, uh, and that hasn't panned out. Um, so, I don't know. They lost to Philadelphia, and the fourth line got more ice time than, than, for the most part, than the second and third line players last night, which is good and bad. It shows that the fourth line's really coming on with Cassian and Kara and, and Latestu, but the, but the players in the top nine aren't doing it. You know, I was, I was going back and looking at uh, just because you know the goalies have been, have been a hot topic as of late. I went back and looked at. You know, the Oilers' all-time roster of goaltenders in the National Hockey League go all the way back to the beginning. And uh, um, even though, you know, Cam Talbot's firmly ensconced as a starter, you can't help but look at that early Oilers team in the 80s and see all the turnover they had in the roster. Different times, mind you. No no salary cap. No one's getting paid $10 million a year to play hockey and stuff like that. But, you know, it took Glenn Sather a while to find the right pieces to play with Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier, etc. So, who knows? Maybe... I well, I mean, he's got Pugliarvi, mm-hmm. Pugliarvi, who I think is shown this year, you know, a taste of what he can be. And I think Yamamoto was good in the preseason and stuff. So, that's two right-wingers, okay? Theoretically, one of those guys should be able to play for some time with Connor McDavid. But not this year, on a regular basis, I don't think. Uh, 
So, and their defense men have not played as well this year as they did last year. Part of that is Sekra being out. But as a whole, the group hasn't played as well. So the puck's in their end. I, I, would, I would suspect that the coaching are, coaches are very concerned that the orders don't seem to break the puck out of their end very, very well. The puck doesn't get out of their end with a couple of crisp passes, and it's in the, it, all of a sudden it's going the other way. Not often enough. It did against Calgary. But there's too many times where, you know, there's not two great passes and away they go. And that's disturbing too. Too much time in their end because they're, they're not getting out cleanly enough. Well, I think we'll leave it at that for now. Matty, well, we covered pretty much all those boxes that aren't working well. I think so. We'll, we'll have to tick off. One of the pluses is Darnell Nurse, and I should say that. He's been very good, I think, this year for the most part, pretty much every game he plays, and that's that's a bright light, I yeah. suspect, with, with the others. And I suppose over the last week, you know, uh, the fourth line, like you just yep. mentioned, has come on. They've, you know, elevated their play. Yep. I would say Jujar Kaira is a different player now yep. than he was a month ago. Yeah, he's played. As is Cassian. Yes, and, you know, there was a time a month ago where Todd McClellan didn't have much use for him. He says this is time is now to get something going, and now he's he's playing well. So that's a good fourth line. But, you know, your top nine forwards, the teams that are the lines that carry you, not usually the fourth line. All right, well, thanks a lot, Matty. Okay. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to our show on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Craig Ellingson. Talk to you soon.